According to the 2023 Coaches Preseason Top 25, the Texas Longhorns are the 12th best team in all of college football. This marks the seventh straight year since Tom Herman's first year in 2017, where Texas has been ranked in a preseason poll. Whether that be the AP poll, the coaches poll, or both, this is the seventh straight year where Texas has began the college football season ranked in the top 25. Will this materialize, and will this last? Well, history shows that there's uncertainty in that regard. Texas has dramatically underperformed for over the past decade, and Steve Sarkeesian is looking to change that this year, and many, including myself, are high on Texas compared to previous seasons. Last season, I thought that it was too early for Texas, that they weren't back just yet, and that any amount of hype that was surrounding the 2022 squad was materializing a year too early. Quinn Ewers was fresh out of high school, really. You know, he skipped his senior year to go to Ohio State, barely played with the Buckeyes, I think only saw the field in one singular snap, transferred to Texas. Texas football, they lost Casey Thompson after 2021. They brought in Isaiah Nayer. Xavier Worthy had a phenomenal 2021 season. However, going from 5-7 and seven to winning the Big 12 was very challenging. And unlike my Nebraska prediction, I accurately predicted that Texas would win around 7-8, maybe 9 games, with anywhere from 6-5 to five to 4 losses, and that they would be in the upper half of the Big 12, but they wouldn't make the Big 12 championship game. But 2022 Texas was a team that really had a lot more potential and a lot more football prowess than their 8-5 and five record shows. Playing Alabama to within a point, only losing by 7 to a top-10 Washington team, their worst loss of the year coming on the road at Texas Tech in overtime when they didn't have Quinn Ewers as their starting quarterback, losing by 7 to Oklahoma State before Spencer Sanders was sidelined for the rest of the year, having a road win against Kansas State was impressive, and even though their offense was shut down and it was TCU's best defensive game of the year, playing a college football playoff team to within seven at home was also impressive. Texas had several close losses. In fact, all five of their losses were by seven points or less, the closest one being against, at the time, number one Alabama on September 10th, 2022. Texas last year was certainly better with on-the-field performance than I anticipated they were going to be, but yet they ended with a similar record that I predicted due to the fact that Quinn Ewers was injured and due to the fact that he, I don't think he fully recovered from that injury, whether it was physically or mentally or perhaps both. I don't think he recovered even after returning to start, and that lingered on for the rest of the season. Xavier Worthy struggled with drops for much of the year, and Isaiah Nayer, he was taken out by an unfortunate season-ending injury before 2022 even began. So a lot of what-ifs for Texas in 2022, but Steve Sarkeesian and his Texas football squad are looking to answer questions surrounding their team and avenge what I think in retrospect was a missed opportunity last season. Quinn Ewers doesn't go down against Alabama. Texas probably wins that game. They probably beat Texas Tech. 
I imagine seeing how they played against Oklahoma State, TCU, and Washington, they wouldn't have gone undefeated. They would have found a loss somewhere. This team was not mentally equipped to be undefeated or to be a playoff team, but last year they could have certainly won the Big 12. I mean, the Big 12 had Texas Christian, Kansas State, and Texas were all pretty similar if you were to rank them by power rankings or how they performed, whether it was mainly due to talent or coaching, regardless. However, TCU was the one that won all of those close games, while Texas was a Big 12 team that seemingly lost the majority of the close games that they played in. Another highlight included blanking Oklahoma 49-0, which, while I don't think that's possible again this year, I think Texas is certainly on a better track than Oklahoma is entering 2023. And it helps when you turn all five, return, not turn, but return all five of your offensive linemen from last year. That helps a lot. Kelvin Banks Jr., last year, star left tackle. He's returning as well, and he'll be a sophomore. I expect him to mature even more, and Texas will have a great tackle room. It'll be up there with TCUs in terms of Big 12 tackle rooms, and TCU returns one or two of their starting tackles from last season. I think it's the latter number of two. Jake Majors at center, along with Hayden Connor and Cole Hudson, they should improve. According to Pro Football Focus, the interior offensive line was more of an area of weakness compared to the tackles. Returning production always helps. Kyle Flood has been recruiting and developing very well on the offensive line, so I expect this unit to improve. Losing B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson, that's where that's where this offense will look the most different because Quinn Ewers comes back, Xavier Worthy comes back, Jordan Whittington returns, Casey Kane, Isaiah Nayer. Nayer, I know, didn't play at all in 2022, but I expect him to see the field in 2023 and be back with a vengeance. They return, and Adani Mitchell, incoming transfer from Georgia, who's had a big impact in all of Georgia's playoff games. He transfers into Texas. Jonte Cook the second, DeAndre Moore Jr. are some wide receivers that could see action as true freshmen, which would be very impressive. And we cannot forget about tight end Jatavion Sanders either. This team is loaded at skill positions and on the offensive line. And at running back, it looks like Jonathan Brooks, Jaden Blue look to be the two the two rotational backs, according to rlads.com. True freshman C.J. Baxter, sophomore Savion Red, and senior, redshirt senior, Keelian Robinson. Those are some other running backs that could get in the rotation or contend for starting spots. When you lose a weapon like Bijan Robinson and a tank in Roshan Johnson, those are players, and that's a running back room that you build your offense around. In fact, Bijan Robinson won the Doak Walker Award last year, and in a fair, just world, he might have been at the Heisman ceremony, along with Hendon Hooker and along with many other players, as unfortunately the Heisman has been turned into a glorified quarterback award slash popularity contest, which Quinn Ewers, with all the weapons at wide receiver and at tight end, he very well has a chance with Steve Sarkeesian's offense and with the offensive line he returns, he has a good shot if he improves to reach that Heisman ceremony in New York. Very talented player, number one overall player in the 2021 recruiting class, same in the 2022 recruiting class before he decided to enroll in college a year early to Ohio State, 
He was a part of, I think, what was one of the highest ever rated classes according to 24-7 sports by quality of players that were committed. They only had 21 commits. They weren't even close to the greatest class of all time in terms of total points, but by individual rankings of certain players, Ohio State and that 2021 class, it was legendary. And many of the players from that class right now are reaching their full college maturation phase with Ohio State right now, and could be the reason why Ohio State has a great shot, I think, to win it all this year. But to get back to Texas, Texas is in their final year, their final year of the Big 12 Conference, and the Longhorns, they have an opportunity. They have an opportunity to win the Big 12, go out with a big win, potentially with a New Year's Six Bowl win, potentially, dare I say it, maybe a college football playoff appearance. This team has that much talent. And their schedule, they start out against Rice, they travel to Alabama, they host Wyoming, then travel to Baylor, host Kansas, play Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry. Then they have their bye week October 14th, play at Houston October 21st. They then host BYU, host Kansas State, travel to TCU, and then have another road game at Iowa State November 18th. And finally, on Friday, November 24th, they host rival Texas Tech for what might be the final time. I don't think that Texas plans to continue the Texas Tech-Baylor-TCU rivalries. Oklahoma doesn't plan to continue their Bedlam series with Oklahoma State. Luckily for Oregon and Oregon State, it sounds like they're working on continuing the Civil War, which is something that I like a lot. That's one of the oldest rivalries in college football, and these rivalry traditions, even if they have to be maintained as out-of-conference games, they should be protected to a certain degree so that we can balance the tradition and what we know with the future and with the sport moving in a new direction. Quinn Ewers at quarterback. Part of me honestly thinks that whether it's Malik Murphy or whether it's in a year with Arch Manning, but especially with Malik Murphy, who's really developing well and is just athletically probably Texas's best player in that quarterback room with potential. A part of me thinks that he might put Texas in a better position, but that's just from an outsider that's from an outsider perspective. Quinn Ewers is definitely going to start, and he's going to be given all the opportunities to win the job and put Texas in their best position since Steve Sarkeesian arrived with the Longhorns. Last year, Quinn Ewers threw for over 2,000 yards. He had 15 passing touchdowns and a 64.8 QBR, which is not very impressive. But I attribute some of that to injury, some of that to inexperience, and some of that also to just the offense that he was in, whether it's dropped passes and other things. 53rd most efficient quarterback, according to ESPN, and he also had a passer rating of a 132.6. Those are not impressive statistics at all. However, that is just in his first year of starting, and I imagine that he, with a great offensive line, an elite wide receiver and tight end room, that he's going to take a step forward in year two. Now, how big is that step forward? We'll have to see. Going from the 52nd most efficient quarterback, according to ESPN, with the offense that he has, I imagine that he'll take a big step forward, but a big step forward could just mean that he becomes just a top 25 quarterback. Doesn't mean he has to be a top 
20, top 15, or even top 10 quarterback. Most would have him pegged there, though. So whether it's a big leap forward or a giant, you know, giant step on the moon type forward, we'll just have to see. Most importantly is the loaded wide receiver core, Worthy, Mitchell, Whittington, and Nayer. Texas last season were, was led in receiving yards by Xavier Worthy, who had 760 receiving yards and nine receiving touchdowns with 60 receptions. Jordan Whittington had 652 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown with 50 receptions. Jatavion Sanders was second in receptions with 54, with 613 receiving yards and five receiving touchdowns. Jatavion Sanders is a unit. He's definitely a top five tight end in the country. Last year, he was 6'4", 243 pounds. I imagine that he's gained weight since then, healthy weight. 54 receptions last year, 613 yards. Seeing that Texas has a high chance, in my opinion, of playing in the Big 12 championship game. In fact, I think that they're going to go to the Big 12 championship game and win it. With that extra game and Sanders' improvement, I think there's a good chance that his numbers are significantly beefed up. Somewhere around maybe 700, 800 receiving yards, or somewhere in between there, seven receiving touchdowns. That doesn't sound out of the ordinary. I mean, he is he is an athletic, elite player, great tight end, and he'll be one of the nation's best for the 2023 season at that position. Xavier Worthy, like I mentioned earlier, did struggle with some drops last year. I expect that to be eliminated. And Jordan Whittington, he should improve. Casey Kane had over 200 receiving yards and only eight receptions last year with no receiving touchdowns. But with Isaiah Nayer being becoming healthy and recovering from that ACL injury and A.D. Mitchell transferring in, it wouldn't surprise me if a player like Casey Kane, while he's going to be a good player in the future, if he took a step back just a little bit. And by step back, I don't mean he gets worse, but rather there's he maybe sees the same amount of time on the field or less time on the field. Um, defensively, Baron Sorrell returns, the team's leader in sacks. A defensive end, Baron Sorrell last year had five and a half sacks, one pass defended, a forced fumble, and 44 total tackles. A junior, 6'4", 261 pounds, and Texas's best defensive line player. I think that this season... Texas on the defensive side of the ball. Gary Patterson is no longer with the team, and he was a big help to this defense last season. So where it stands on coaching, I don't exactly have a, a gauge as to whether this defensive coaching staff is going to be anywhere from above average to great, but this defense returns enough production, and this team returns enough production and key players that I think that they will take a step forward on both sides of the football. Perhaps more importantly... The linebacker position, the computer of the defense, players their return, like Jalen Ford, for example. Jalen Ford was the team's leader in tackles with 119 total tackles. He had two sacks, two passes defended, four interceptions, two forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries. Definitely an all-Big 12 player. He's a veteran. He's a senior. And I think he's going to have a great year this year, much like he did last year. 
So this defense has leaders, they have experience, they have the top guys at certain specialties returning, and at secondary, whether it's Ryan Watts, Jaron Thompson, uh, Jade Barron, there are players that return there. So this this unit, the defense is going to be solid all around. Malik Muhammad is a player to look out for, cornerback who's listed as a second string corner behind Ryan Watts. According to ourlads.com, highly rated player out of high school. Watch out for him to get on the field as a true freshman, certainly. And I expect this team to be top 15 to top 10 around, and I think the Longhorns win the Big 12 in 2023. I don't think Oklahoma is back. Yes, they'll improve. Yes, they have better depth on defense. Certainly, it couldn't have gotten worse from last year. And they have Jackson Arnold at quarterback in case Dylan Gabriel isn't fully healthy. However, I still have questions at wide receiver, who replaces Marvin Mims. I have questions at tight end. I have questions really about the defensive scheme all around. And more importantly, I have questions about Brent Venables as a head coach. Their schedule is easy, which means Oklahoma, I think, is guaranteed to have seven, eight, or nine regular season wins. The ultimate problem, and they could have more, Oklahoma could reach the college football playoff without being a true top 10 team with that schedule. It is one of the easiest schedules, in my opinion, for a Power 5 program, including their conference schedule and non-conference schedule. But I have a lot of questions about Oklahoma. TCU is destined to take a big step back. I think that record-wise, there's I think that they're going to find a way to win double-digit games. Their schedule's workable. They have a good coach in Sonny Dykes. They're anywhere from a just inside the top 25 team to just outside the top 25 team. They're on the fence. They're a fringe top 25 team. They'll certainly take a step back. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team again this year. Kansas State will be more or less the same though a little regressed compared to last year. I think defensively they get worse in their rushing attack. They get worse their passing attack with Will Howard maturing and having a full preseason as the starter. He should get better. Texas Tech, Iowa State, BYU, Kansas, these are just briefly some other teams to look out for. Baylor, since this is a Texas video, I don't want to go over all of those teams. I mainly want to focus on Texas. But Texas returns the most production in the Big 12. They have the number 19th rank nationally in returning production, and they're predicted to win the Big 12 by multiple outlets. And I can see why. They have the best talent. They have great coaching. I wouldn't say it's the best in the Big 12. I'd say TCU, Kansas State, and heck, even Kansas, in my opinion, have better coaching than Texas does. And maybe that rubs some of you the wrong way, but what Lance Leipold has done bringing Kansas to 6-7 and seven with injuries and with a complete lack of depth and talent is impressive. Chris Kleiman is reliable, and he's won the conference with far less talent. And when you beat TCU, when you... They didn't compete with Alabama, but look, they can... Not for the whole game, but they led them for a quarter. They played with them close. They, they played their hearts out in that game. And they were they're resilient. You know what you're going to get out of them. They've developed players from the ground up, and TCU, just look at what Sonny Dykes has done in year one, 13-2, winning a college football playoff semifinal game, going undefeated in a tougher Big 12 schedule facing Texas, 
Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Baylor, even played a, granted they were the worst Power 5 team last year, but still playing a Power 5 non-conference team nonetheless in Colorado, having to face Kansas State twice, and playing Michigan and Georgia in the semifinals, who in my opinion from you know a power rankings and team potential standpoint were the two best teams in the country last year, beating one and unfortunately getting blown out by the other. So for coaching, I think that Texas, while good, is not the best in their conference, but with the talent and with the recruiting that they've done, and recruiting is a part of coaching, let's give Steve Sarkeesian credit there, I think that he's getting better and better as a coach day by day. This team is the biggest threat that the Big 12 has to offer, by far the biggest threat. And I think they're going to win the Big 12, as I've already said. They have the 12th remaining strength of schedule in the country. A large part of that is the road game at Alabama. Outside of the road game at Alabama, the rest of Texas's schedule is not very intimidating. Alabama is number three according to the coaches poll. I expect something similar in the AP poll. Alabama won't be ranked outside of the top four for sure, and they'll probably only rise in the rankings as Texas enters town. Texas being 12th ranked in the country, not just in remaining strength of schedule, but in the coaches poll, I'll expect maybe a little higher in the AP poll, but still around 12. And they're also 12th in my potential power index rankings, which I finally, after talking about it for months, will be releasing those power rankings later this week. So hit the notification bell and subscribe to the channel if you want to get notified when my power rankings top 25 video releases later this week. This team is athletic, they have talent all around, and they're deep, especially at skill positions. Quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, even running back. Now, they don't have a player like Bijan Robinson. They may not even have a player like Roshan Johnson in that running back room, but those are great running backs, Bijan Robinson being the best running back in the country. They're deep there. They've recruited well, and they've developed well. And even though I think that's going to be the weakness of this team this season, with the offensive line they have, they'll still be able to run the football well. And the depth that they have is impressive. Texas, their quality of play at running back won't be affected by an injury to the starter or backup, because I think that the third, fourth, and even fifth string guy will be able to plug in and have success. So they just don't have a high ceiling player in that running back room, in my opinion. And if they do... It ultimately will be the true freshman C.J. Baxter, who is a highly ranked four-star slash five-star coming out of high school. This team's fifth in ESPN's FPI. They're 12th in my potential power index, despite the fact that I have them outside of the top 10. They're one of the few teams outside of my power index's top 10 that I think could realistically win the national championship. And that's because of their recruiting, their high blue chip ratio, but also their returning production. I think that those things all factor into where this team, in part because it's Texas, because of Steve Sarkeesian and his coaching staff and some of the questions that I have about them, along with some questions that I have about this team defensively, they're going to have a great defense, but I don't think their defense can be elite. And outside of their skill position, can their offense be consistent when they face a team that has an elite defense. Despite some of those questions, they do have a ridiculously high ceiling, while also having somewhat of a lower floor. So I think that this Texas team, a lot of different outcomes. I could see 9-4 and four 
though I think that's the floor. I think this team is destined to improve. And their ceiling, I feel like I know, is winning the national championship or at least winning a playoff game. When you have a talent like Xavier Worthy at wide receiver, a five-star at Quinn Ewers at quarterback, when the offensive line returns all of their starters, when the defense improved as dramatically as it did from 2021 to 2022, and then they return the majority of their starters the following year, plus special teams, thanks to usage in the portal and good coaching, I think Texas's special teams unit will be one of the better units in the nation. All of those things work together, plus the depth, again, to go back to recruiting to help Texas to be in a position to reach the college football playoff or play for a New Year's Six Bowl or at the bare minimum make good strides and improve from last year's 2022 season where they went 8-5. and five. Last year, this team, they had a top 25 scoring offense, scoring 34.5 points per game, and they had a top 30 scoring defense, 28th in the country, and scoring, not scoring, but allowing 21.6 points per game. I expect the offense and the points per game scored to certainly improve. I think this will be a top 15 scoring offense, potentially even top 10. The defense, I expect to stay more or less the same. And a lot of that's because they did lose some key players there. I think more importantly, though, Gary Patterson no longer being with the program, he helped the team prepare, especially defensively. I think that is going to have a bigger impact than perhaps some would like to admit. Even though Patterson was just a special assistant to the head coach, which Paul Christ will just be an analyst, but I suspect that Paul Christ, former head coach of Wisconsin, will serve a relatively similar role. Some of those off-the-field assistants, especially someone like Patterson, who has decades of experience as a head coach, that's a big impact, and that is a useful resource and a great mind to have alongside of you, to help you. And especially with Steve Sarkeesian, who I think is still climbing the ladder as a head coach, having a figure like that really helps. But I suspect that Paul Christ, who had success at Wisconsin before plateauing, and I think getting a little complacent, I think he'll help offensively, or at least just help Steve Sarkeesian in becoming a better head coach, whatever that means. But I think that this team, I'd say 10, 11, 12 wins is what I would say the most likely win total is. I think that they're not a lock to reach the Big 12 championship game, but they're closer to a lock than not to reach the Big 12 championship game. I think they're definitely going to finish inside of the top two of the Big 12 standings. Their floor in the Big 12 standings would probably be finishing third, maybe at worst fourth in the conference. I mean, they, they will be in the contending position to reach the Big 12 championship game late into November. And I think even though it is my belief they'll lose to Alabama in week two, they will be in contention for a college football playoff spot into mid-late October, early November. Texas, I have a hard time believing they'll win a national championship or even reach the college football playoff, but it is a possibility. That's my final preview, and that's my video covering Texas football. Thank you guys for watching so much. Please like this video, hit the subscribe button, comment your thoughts on Texas football down below. 
Again, make sure to hit that like button and subscribe and click the notification bell so you can get notified when I release my power rankings top 25 later this week. Thank you guys for watching, and I'll see you all around.